Seth Spins contains mild adult language. The views of the members of this podcast do not reflect the views of Viking Fusion or Viking Fusion staff. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey everybody, um, this is Seth Spins. Welcome back. Uh, it's currently season four, episode three. Um, it's been a hot minute, but I'm really excited to get back into it. I have a very special guest, Ross Bryant, and would you like to introduce yourself? Maybe like major kind of music you're interested in, just anything tangential like that. Hey, I'm Ross Bryant. I'm an environmental studies major. I'm a senior here at Berry College. I love R&B. I love rap music, but probably Anderson Pack is my favorite artist. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah. Um, Anderson Pack is also somebody that I've just always found really, really interesting in the music industry. So I'm really excited to sort of almost structure this entire conversation around him. What are your just general thoughts on like Anderson Pack? He is probably the goofiest artist I think out right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not true. He's not the goofiest artist out. He's up there. But he's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably yeah. in my top five goofiest artists. Top out. five goofiest. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an important metric though, honestly. Um, so to start, I'm actually gonna swerve the conversation. Yeah, go for um, it. Bruno Mars is gonna be our first topic of conversation. Um, so I'll just go ahead and throw the question at you. Bruno Mars has been involved in the music industry for, like, almost an entire decade at this point, right? I mean, he's had chart-topping solo albums, um, crazy successful, like, features and hits, um, like, Talking to the Moon and stuff like that. Right. Um, And he also does, like, impromptu guest appearances on television, thinking more of, like, a um, John Legend-type character, you know, somebody who really, you know, shows up for New Year's Eve kind of thing, you know? Um, But (laughs) the examples I had were Sesame Street and Jane the Virgin. Like, he's Mm -hmm. shown up a couple of times. Um, so how would you classify Bruno Mars in the, muni- in the music industry? Is it like more successful as an artist or more of that John Legend type of like TV figure? Or do you think it's kind of like a mix? You know, I, I think that he's kind of both nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, ever since, okay. So back in the day, right? Like mm-hmm. Bruno Mars was like, Oh, let me throw a grenade for you. You mm-hmm. know, it was, it was very, very like sentimental and romantic, but you know, you have Uptown Funk come out and that, that really feels like a shift that too. really does feel like a shift because after that i feel like bruno maybe was a little bit less caring about he, he kind of goes know. on demon time yeah <laughs> you know bit. what i mean like yeah to be blunt with it it's like he kind of switches it up and so i think that he kind of is both most of the time i think he just kind of sits back and does what he wants to do mm. i mean he's prolific in terms of like appearances and right. just generally like showing up places but honestly he only has like what is it three studio albums right now yeah i'm pretty sure um, so because it's um 24 karat magic was the last one and that was mm-hmm. like five years ago yeah so he needs to make a comeback is yeah. what needs to happen yeah I, I wanted to ask that question because i think he's the only artist i can think of besides maybe mariah carey who has both a lot of success in the music industry for like their music right and, like people genuinely wanting to listen to them but also for those public appearances Whereas you have artists like um, John Legend, besides maybe like All of Me, you know, yeah. like John Legend, Jennifer Hudson's another great example where it's like what they're really famous for is their appearances. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, well, I think there's categories to it too. Like, cause yeah. there's like John Legend and like Bruno Mars, but like, there's also like Beyonce. Yeah. But maybe that's not fair because Beyonce is Beyonce. That's true. So it's like. League of Rome. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I just, I thought that was an interesting question because, I mean, it's kind of hard to ask. Like, a lot of artists definitely fall into one or the other. Like, right. you, you wouldn't ask that about um, most artists. 
But yeah. I think I think Bruno is one of the few that toes the line. So I thought that was an interesting idea. So he's obviously an R&B artist at heart. I mean, he's definitely dabbled into other genres, especially in like 24 Karat Magic. Right. But do you believe that he is pushing that genre forward? This is kind of an open-ended question. You know, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I think I would love to hear him venture out into some new stuff mm-hmm. because it doesn't really feel like or at least until more recently that we've had him like collab with people that he normally doesn't collab with. Absolutely. And so I would love to hear him, you know, venture out even more into some more old school stuff. Or yeah. I'd love to hear him venture out into maybe just pure pop. Yeah, I could totally see it happening too because when I think about like what songs pop off on the charts with Bruno Mars, it's not always like the solo hits. Right. Mark Ronson's Uptown Funk is probably one of, if not the most recognizable song he's done, and that's a whole different genre. It kind of brought an entire sound to the radio for a couple of years, if you remember. Like, there yeah. were Uptown Funk ripoffs everywhere, over the place. Everywhere. Even, like, Daft Punk was getting into it a yeah. little bit with, like, their music, and it was just, like, that really did start because Bruno Mars decided to branch out. And then with, like, Silk Sonic, which we'll talk about later, he's kind of going into more of a um, R&B that's, that's a little more sophisticated, might be the right word. We'll see. We'll uh, see. At least, We've like, only leave heard... Leave the door open. Yeah, leave the door open. Yeah. Like, like, your parents would like that song. Your parents you know? would like it, the It's door got a little open. more of a... Because um, I think Bootsy Collins is on the album, right? He is. It's definitely that psychedelic, funkadelic right. sort of sound that's coming in a little bit. Well, obviously still being R&B at heart. Do you have any favorite albums, features, individual songs? What, what speaks to you with Bruno Mars? 24 Karat Magic mm-hmm. is fantastic. Album or the song? Both. Yeah, yeah. Both. I agree. There's that one song that was also a single that wasn't 24 Karat Magic. Was that Please Me with Cardi what, B? It, the one that's like Sex by the Fire. Mm. That's, is it, what is it called? Is that That's What I Like? No. That's What I Like? Is it That's No, because like? that's on 24 uh, Karat Magic. You mean Wake Up in the Sky? Maybe. It might be. Wake Up in the Sky is great. Yeah. Um, but there, there, there are no duds on that album. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's like fairly cohesive because it's not a very long record either mm-hmm. um, i think it's like 33 minutes yeah no it's th- it, it's 33 minutes yeah only nine songs what that is ridiculous and on that you have 24 karat magic chunky perm mm-hmm. that's what i like versace on the floor straight up and down mm-hmm. calling all my lovelies finesse and too good to say goodbye finesse is an underrated song finesse is an underrated Dripping song in finesse yeah um that's what i like i i love that's what i like but like mm-hmm. it came out in 2016 like close to the end and i just feel like he got played so much on the it radio definitely got played a lot on the radio and that was always tough yeah um especially with an artist you really like yeah yeah i remember when um the weekend's blinding lights came out oh and i was like this is a gosh. great song it's a great song and like i first heard it before it really got pushed on the radio because mm-hmm. it came out as a single and i was excited for the album and i was like this is great like this is gonna be a huge song and then, like, a couple months later, TikTok was like, we're going to make this the biggest single of all time. Right. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Stand this it's a great song, but it once, is a it, great song. once you start hearing it over and over yeah, again, it's it, like, it can really dude. make it a lot tougher. But, yeah, Bruno is definitely susceptible to that because he, he just has such a wide range of influence and, like, um, appeals to so many different people. Right. Um, it, it's a household name, for yeah, sure, and has been for, for sure. a long time. Yeah. It's actually crazy that I feel... Well, I don't think it's crazy, but, like, the fact that he's been relevant mm-hmm. for this long. Yeah. I mean, not many artists can do that, especially in... Yeah. 
I mean, the he, world today. He drops like as much as Frank Ocean, and he's like yeah. as prevalent, which is ri- more prevalent, which is ridiculous. Yeah. No, I th- I think he's a really interesting artist just because how prevalent he is in our minds versus how prevalent he is in the industry. Yes. So it just it's really interesting. And so the other side of this coin is I want to talk about Anderson Pack because we're going to later talk about their collaboration. But Anderson Pack, general thoughts, one of the most crazy different artists that's in, I would say, in the mainstream at this point, especially with the release of Malibu. He's been deeply entrenched within several genres. I mean, you have him in hip-hop albums, you have him in R&B albums. He's dabbled in like almost rock sounds pop sounds like he's he's kind of done it he's all dabbled in all of it yeah and he's done it for a long time um several years and so you have albums like malibu Oxnerd came out a couple of years ago i think it's like 2018 yeah yeah and then ventura came out and i think that was like 2019 yes um and so he's become entrenched in the popular culture cemented his name and then after his success he became like a solo act because before he was more of like a multi-instrumentalist. He was showing up in bands like... Um, the Free Nationals. Like the Free Nationals was mm-hmm. a great example. Um, and he's also had collaboration with Knowledge, the producer for fantastic No Worries, which project. is fantastic, fantastic if you haven't heard it. And just to point it out, No Worries is spelled N-X worries yeah. with no spaces. But yes, that is, Lord! That is yep. fantastic. So my questions for you are, do right. you believe he will sort of continue to catapult into the public eye or like well after that mainstream debut in Malibu? Because his music has stayed relatively similar, but has definitely dabbled in some different genres as sort of a public figure. He's really interesting, like he's popular, but still kind of stays under the radar. Almost Bruno Mars-esque in that way. Mm. He reminds me of Prince. Yeah. He reminds me of a lot of Prince. I think he like played as him as in all, in, for yeah. Halloween. Like, yeah, that makes ago. perfect sense to me. But, like, do you think he's going to continue to get more popular? Do you think he's kind of hit the fan base he wants to hit? I think that there's no stopping for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think just yesterday, actually, he, like, just announced his own record label. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I wanted to talk about that, yeah. And so I don't know what that's going to be about or, like, right. you know, what type of artist you would get, especially during the time period that he picked Mm-hmm. to get artists when venues are still kind of like iffy about whether or not they're going to be open and letting artists perform. Yeah. So we'll see about that. But I mean, when, when I think about artists that are like producing stuff, mm-hmm. I don't feel like many people are really coming out with stuff the same way he is. Yeah. Like Oxnard and Ventura came out, you know, with a year difference. Yeah, they were relatively close together in comparison to, like, Malibu, which was way earlier, right? Right. Like, 2014, maybe? 2015? So, there was Venice in 2014, and I'm not mm-hmm. not the biggest fan of Venice. Mm-hmm. And then there's Malibu in 2016. Yeah, Malibu's the breakout. Yes, Lord, with, uh, for uh, mm-hmm. No Worries, that was also 2016. Mm-hmm. But Oxnard and Ventura are back-to-back, 2018-2019. Yeah. yeah. Oxnard and Ventura kind of sound like mixtapes. In a what weird a way, they're, and and they're not. They're, they're not definitely albums, and they. No, I mean, they I have features the from though. huge names. There's Dr. Dre and Kendrick on. I believe it's the former, and then I believe on the latter. J. Cole. J. Cole. I mean, there's huge names, so mm-hmm. I don't think it's a mixtape per se, but they're definitely, at, you know, at best exploring new ground a little yeah. bit. But yeah, do you think he's sort of going to keep catapulting in popularity? Do you think it's going to be like he's going to release an album that's really gonna? hit the mainstream. Do you think Silk Sonic's going to be that for him? Because I have the personal opinion that 
Silk Sonic's going to really push his name in the industry because Bruno Mars is just such a massive is, figure yeah. that having that name attached to me is going to really push him out. Well, you know, it, it's crazy because, like, I will I will go to look at, like, leave the door open or something mm-hmm. like that, and, like, I'll hear all these people be like, who's this Anderson dot P-A-N-K? Like, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they don't even know, yeah. you know? And so, like... For me, you know, that's, like, my favorite artist. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've always known that he was never, like, a Bruno name. But, like, right. it is crazy because I feel like he has reached this level. Where, I mean, he's working with Dre. He's mm-hmm. working with Kendrick. He's working with yeah. J. Cole. And these are names that are impossible for most people impossible to Impossible for you to with. escape. Yeah, like, I mean, th- those are the top names in the hip-hop industry, you right. know? If I, if I were to pick, like, top three, it, they would be in the running, especially Kendrick. Right. Especially Kendrick. Especially. And so, you know... I think that Silk Sonic will boost him even more because I think that th- there are a lot of people who would be willing to listen to Bruno Mars, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Or like a song featuring Bruno Mars. Yeah, absolutely. There are not that many people who would be willing to listen to a song with Anderson Pack. Or featuring Anderson Pack. Or, or not even willing, but like it's almost like if you hear something on the radio and you say, Oh, this is the new Bruno Mars track. Yeah. With somebody else on it. With somebody else. It's gonna pull somebody to listen to it by virtue of that big name attached right. to it. Whereas Anderson Pack, it's not that they wouldn't listen. I think right. people Right. Even if, if Silk Sonic didn't mention Anderson Pack's name, everybody'd be like, This sounds great. Mm. You know, it wouldn't be that Anderson Pack would drag it down. It would bring it up. No, you know? I think so. So I think that that name and then the quality of the music, because I think also Silk Sonic's quality is is very high. Yeah. Um, I think that's gonna really push that name. And then I mean we haven't even really mentioned it, but like the fact that Bootsy Collins is also yeah. pushing this. I guess maybe I didn't phrase what I was trying to say the best is like the people that he was collabing with at this point now, because mm. he also they're legend status. They're legend status. Yeah, they're not legacy act. Boosie Collins is kind of a legacy act. He is legacy. Point. I mean, he, he's he's a special guest. Mm-hmm. Is what they call it. I mean, Bruno Mars, and in terms of like prevalence, he almost feels like a legacy act yeah. at this point. You know, um, I mean, he he has a song with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Dre. Dre. You know, and so it's like. People who already love these artists, mm-hmm. and plenty, I mean, millions of people do. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, Bruno Mars made a new song? Mm-hmm. Let me go check it out. And then it's like, oh, who's who's this Anderson Pack guy? And I feel like that opens it up for people to get interested in him, mm-hmm. where that wasn't happening before. Yeah. Because um, they're, they're similar in a lot of ways. They and are. So I think, like, Bruno Mars fans, because he's such a singular voice, like, he is, he's one of the best voices in the industry. I mean, that, like, like... Physically, like, it's a lot harder to beat that voice, you know? Right. But I think Anderson Pack mirrors it. Like, he, he does an excellent job of complimenting it. So I think people that like that singular Bruno Mars tone or might hear Anderson Pack and go, oh, he's co-signed. Like, this is this is the next step for me. Like, this is where I need to go. And he's still, like, releasing music very quickly. It's not like Bruno where it's like, okay, we're kind of, we're in the, not in the twilight zone of his career, right. but, like, you know, it's going to... It's a, a Frank Ocean type of thing. Frank Ocean type of thing where he's he's laying low. We won't know what he's doing we until he says. Exactly. But, yeah, just to divert a little bit, the Silk Sonic cover is really intriguing to me. And I don't know if it's because of this, like, objectively. Right. But when I see the cover for Silk Sonic, and if you haven't seen it, and I'm sure you have, it's like a wood grain, sort of burned-in right. photo of both of these artists together. Mm-hmm. It reminds me so much of Lauren Hill. Yes. So, so, so much. And that adds so much to the cover because if you've seen the miseducation of Lauren Hill's cover, 
it's a wooden school desk that's like portrayed on the album cover right and it's her face burned in so it really reminds me also of that legacy act as well and it doesn't hurt that her music would fit perfectly perfectly alongside these artists i mean yeah. she's one of the most sampled people of all time basically mm. we'll talk about kanye west later and i mean yeah. he's, he's sampling her as much as humanly possible mm. but yeah i just thought that was interesting to add in as well what um what songs or albums do you believe best encapsulate his work as an artist who anderson pack or yes anderson pack um and, and this can go into no worries this can go into if you think silk sonic will that's worth doing as well but I guess I really am asking about, like, Malibu, Oxnard, Ventura. Yeah, I think, you know, earlier you had mentioned that Oxnard and Ventura are almost like mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like you could have combined. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. They they give me side Those, A and side B yeah. vibes a little bit. You get what bit. I mean? Yes, um, I do. It, it would not surprise me. And I, I'm, this is totally, like, not even hearsay. This is just me theory crafting a little bit mm. but like you could tell me those were from the same studio sessions and yes. i would believe you i would 100 percent. i would 100 believe you if you asked if you told me malibu was from the same i would disagree entirely. yes i would disagree so I, yeah I, I definitely get the idea of that being the case do you think that that makes it more of like a raw depiction that would be better to showcase or do you think something like malibu that is very like complete for lack of a better term so even even though i said that like i it's almost like a side a side b type mm. of thing I do think that Ventura is probably... I think I agree. ...one of the best showcases. The thing with Oxnard... Oxnard's definitely his most controversial work. Yeah. And controversial's a bad word for this, because yeah. all of his work is good. <laughs> and mm-hmm. great, even. Yeah. I, I think he has an, like a, almost a flawless track record, if I'm going to be honest. But Oxnard was was interestingly reviewed, because it, like, it was reviewed well, but yeah. everybody was like, this isn't the direction that we're expecting or yeah. it's odd well it's I mean, really good well because like it's when i look at this this list mm-hmm. of songs right mm-hmm. there's like a huge gap of songs where i'm like i i will listen to them yeah but do i really like them mm-hmm. not yeah. that much like and i actually like a lot of the songs on here is that that's the one that has oxnard has Anywhere with Snoop Dogg, it has J. Cole, mm-hmm. it has Q-Tip, it has uh, mm-hmm. BJ the Chicago Kid, it has Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. I mean, that's a stacked feature list. It is. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that's great, but like, also in Pusha push T's in yeah, here, push, Brothers Keep, which, which and I, Dr. Dre. I was mentioning um, this to somebody earlier, this is a total tangent, but I was mentioning it to somebody earlier. If I were to describe two artists with completely opposite, like, public personas, it would be Anderson Pack and Pusha T. Oh, no. <laughs> they, they, they just have completely different philosophies on how they present themselves. Yeah. It's so funny. No, it is really funny. Yeah. Like, I, I love Oxnard, but, like, I don't know. I, I almost would be willing to argue that this might hurt me to say. I don't know. But, like, I love Anderson Pack, but I really do think that he shines best with other people mm-hmm. it's not that he's ever outshined yeah no i there are artists that are like that i my greatest example of somebody who's like a feature hog yeah like somebody who's like i mean they're great on their own and they have a claim on their own but it's really their features that i think makes them shine asap rocky yeah asap rocky is that artist for me where it's like i think your albums are good i think you you pioneered cloud rap you you have excellent mixtapes and everybody knows your name you have like insane features but like 
what you do for other people is what gets people to notice you. Featuring ASAP Rocky. That that's a hit. Is much tougher than just ASAP Rocky <laughs> featuring somebody else. Most it of the is. Time. I'd rather listen to Who Dat Boy with Tyler the Creator than Babushka Boy. Well, no, I mean, and that's just a phenomenal duo. That's, those two. That's true. It's that's classic. True. Yeah. Um. So I'm hoping that maybe Bruno and AP are gonna be the same. Yeah. I, I hope so too. But no, ASAP Rocky, Tower the Creator. Yeah, that is an insane combo. Yeah, yeah. So how do you believe that No Worries influences his solo material and vice versa? Because I think that that is a significant project. Yeah, it's it's weird, right? Because I think mm-hmm. with No Worries, like that beat selection from mm-hmm. Knowledge. Yeah. Because like if you if you listen to like any of Knowledge's stuff, he's insane. Knowledge is making like. 50 beats a day he's like oh i don't even like these yeah and they're like classic beats yeah and they're fantastic yeah he's he's one of the most prolific producers that you don't hear don't know Mm -hmm. you don't know there there are a couple others i mean like you hear madlib whenever madlib is featured alchemist is kind of similar but like the general idea is like this is a prolific producer that you don't hear mentioned a lot yeah so, so No Worries is kind of where I started listening to Anderson mm-hmm. Pack. It's a lot of people's entry, and I think a lot of people's favorite, mm-hmm. too. I think that's kind of where Anderson Pack got, like, his persona to yeah. me. And I think that it's really defining for, like, the way that he sounds. Because, mm-hmm. like, if I listen to Venice, I think he's still trying to figure it out. And then, like, yeah. Malibu, I think, is, all like, a very early good Anderson Pack. Mm-hmm. Like, so, very solid to me. Yeah. He really comes into his own. I think he comes into no his worries. own on No Worries. And then and I, after that, I think he gets the confidence to do whatever. Yeah. And I think I think it's important, too, that he doesn't have any specific producers on the other albums that are like, you know, this is my in-house producer or anything like that. It's not like yes. Kendrick where Soundwave is like his jam or whatever. You right. Know? It's like with Anderson Pack, you kind of get what you get, especially with like the two later albums. It's like it, it's totally random what the production's going to be like. But with No Worries... <laughs> There's no worries, LOL. Yeah. Um, because you know you're gonna get like some crazy hip hop ex like esque production, and that's where I find Anderson Pack really fits in his pocket. I was gonna mention this later, but my favorite Anderson Pack song is Bubblin', and that's not even Bubblin like a. Bubblin' is so much fun. That's just a video single, like that's not mm-hmm. an album cut. Yeah. But it is such a good song, and it it's not your typical R and B fair. It's a hip hop no, song. At all. Yeah. And he is destroying the instrumental. The energy is crazy. The One of the best single covers of that year. Mm-hmm. Kills the feature. The remix with Buster, with Buster Rhymes, Rhymes is, is arguably so... better. Yeah. And what like a perfect fit, too. Yeah, no, perfect fit. Especially with his sort of Tribe Called Quest Q-tip kind of mm-hmm. collaborations. And Buster Rhymes is also on that way, yeah. too. But yeah, I think knowledge is worth discussing. What do you feel about the Free Nationals in that same discussion? I would love to see them come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is a popular sentiment, too. Because it's been a long time. It has been a long time. Yeah. But, I mean, they've been making their own stuff. They did mm-hmm. their own, you know, self-titled debut album. Mm-hmm. And that was good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and had features from, like, Mac Miller. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. If we talk about Mac Miller, we have to talk about one of the best Anderson Pack features. Dang, Dang Mac Miller is... Is a heater. Yeah. I think if I were to recommend a song by Anderson Pack or featuring Anderson Pack to someone for like the R and B side, oh my it gosh. has to be Dang. Dang I, is so Because Mac Miller is such a well known figure. Everybody knows Mac Miller at this point. He usually kills it. Yeah. You know? And then you have Anderson Pack doing the best like one of the best hooks in Mac's discography. Yeah. 
that's a total heater. Yeah. It's, it's hard to not recommend. It just makes you want to move. It's makes a fantastic song. Yeah, totally agree. Um, but yeah, No Worries, The Free Nationals, his solo material. I mean, it's kind of all over the place, but he's adding something else. So Silk Sonic has started mm-hmm. to get hyped up since March of this year. Yeah. So like six months or so. And it feels like three years instead it, of six months. It feels it's like, felt like forever. But if you don't know, Silk Sonic is an R&B collaboration album so far. Could be more between the aforementioned artists. So Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, And that's why I discussed both of these guys. That's going to release in the next few months. That being said, there have been a couple of delays, and we've seen a good portion of the upcoming nine-track album and singles. I mean, we've already heard Leave the Door Open, which was a major hit. Yeah. Heard it on TikTok. I mean, I heard it everywhere. It was on the radio. Skate came out, and it's a good song. It's a great song, but it didn't really catch airtime. Yeah. I don't think... I think it's going to do better in the context of the album, too. I think that they smothered Leave the Door Open... Yeah. So long. Like, I, I still love that song. I do too. But, I mean, like, they would play it at everything they showed up to. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you'd be like, y'all want to hear a new song? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, we're still top 10 right now, so we're going to keep playing Leave the Door Open. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like Skate was, like, so anticipated. Mm-hmm. And then it got here, and then it was like, yeah. Where's the rest of the album? Right. It's like, it's like well, let's hear the rest of it. Because Leave the Door Open is definitely, like, the big song It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. The way that they sing it, there's no way that anything else can be, you know, bigger, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I do think Skate gets a lot better with the music video, personally. The music video, well... I, I think, think it's better than Leave the Door Open's music video, too. Like, I love the vibe of that mm-hmm. video, but I think Skate's really adds to the track, too. Yeah. And for obvious reasons, it's not hard to guess what it's about. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah. And there's also a single coming out very, very soon. As the time we're recording this, it's going to be on Friday, I believe. But uh, Smoking Out the Window is their third single, which begs the question, are they going to release the whole album through singles? Yeah. But what are your opinions on the released singles and just sort of that schedule? Because a third of the album's coming out before the album comes out. Well, so the album's supposed to be coming out, like, what, next week? Yeah, it's I pretty think. soon. It's yeah. really soon. I don't think that there are many people who could get away with having such a weird release schedule. schedule. Mm -hmm. I feel like one of the other people who could Mm -hmm. is Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean could do it. He could drop, like, White Noise 11 months before and people would be excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he could record him, like, humming in the shower or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And put it out. And then people would be like, this is great, Frank. Rack up the streams, yeah. You'd have, like, slowed (laughs) reverb remixes, like, Bathroom of a party, eight dimensional. Yeah, you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but I mean, like they used to troll us about like when when Silk Sonic was going to come out because we thought for a little bit it was going to be coming out in January, Mm -hmm. and we thought it was going to be coming out sometime over the summer, Mm -hmm. and so like it's been moved around all this time. I think one of my biggest fears now at this point is how do you lead up to the expectation, Mm -hmm. considering how you have paced things. Yeah, And, and I won't lie, it makes me nervous. It's, it's a little nerve-wracking, yeah. Um, and there are also so many people that I personally think could do great on the album, mm-hmm. but it's like... It's already a collaboration. It already has yeah. Boots and Collins. Are there going to be features? You see, and that's the thing, because like me, one person I think could do cool on it, mm-hmm. and we haven't heard from him in literally ages, mm-hmm. CeeLo Green. Yeah, CeeLo Green would kill it. I think he'd do fantastic on it. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. We don't know where he is. Yeah, we don't, he, he showed up in that one costume, in that one that golden one time, outfit, 
Everybody um, knows it. It's like a golden, like Olmec. He must have been. I hope he's doing okay. Yeah, I hope he. I hope. Shout out CeeLo Green. <laughs> Shout out CeeLo Green. <laughs> hope man. he's doing all right. We didn't forget you. <laughs> How do you feel about the fact that like the original release schedule for like spring and summer and fall kind of got pushed into winter? Because I think with this particular album, this is gonna be really seasonal. Like yeah. if this album came out in like May or June, I personally think that would make leagues more sense than like November and December. See, because it's so. I mean, you look at the videos and mm-hmm. it's just extremely like summery and glitzy, but no, it's coming out in like the dead of winter. You know, I saw a comment on like the music video for "Leave the Door Open" and mm-hmm. it like had basically said that exact same statement. I agree. Mm-hmm. You know. You see Leave the Door Open and you see Skate, especially Skate. Especially Skate. And it's out in, like, this nice, like, summery day type of setting. I'm curious to see if they'll have a little bit of songs that go across all seasons. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because Leave the Door Open is a little more... It's versatile, I think. Yeah, I think it can go anytime. Um, Skate, I feel like... You can't, well, I mean, you're going to play that as, as a skate rink or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that'll, that'll go crazy. So that's going to be fine, right? Mm-hmm. But if they have the same kind of tone, I, I do worry about, like, will this hit nearly as hard as it would going into summertime? Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. But that's where my main worry comes in. You know, I believe that we're going to see songs that maybe might be a little bit more like, Versace on the Floor yeah. by Bruno Mars or um, Too Good to Say Goodbye mm-hmm. off of 24 Karat Magic. But I don't know. And I think, because I, I don't think that Anderson Pack really is doing many songs that are built more for like uh, the cold seasons. Does that make sense? Yes. No, he, he's not really been one to do that. There are a couple. I mean, I, I would hear like Talking to the Moon and I'm like, that is a winter track. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, pretty, pretty summery, pretty summery individual. Um, how do you feel about the collaboration, like, in and of itself? Like, the idea of having Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars be the two artists put together. Obviously exciting on its face, but, like, how do you think they work together now that we kind of know from these two songs, about to be three songs, what that looks like? Because before this project, I wouldn't have guessed this would have happened. Yeah, I, I would have never put this together, I think, in a million years. But I love it. I love it, too. I, I, I think it makes sense as much as it weirds me out. Yes, um, yeah, because I remember hearing it at first, and I was like, this is surprising. Yeah. And it makes sense, but it's, like, not what I would have expected. Yeah. I think that they complement each other very well, mm-hmm. but I think I'm comparing that to what they've done in the past, mm-hmm. and I don't know how that's going to work now. Like, mm-hmm. because, like, we talked about, like, no worries, like, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, Anderson Peck is kind of rapping a lot more on that one. He's not really yeah. singing. Yeah. But I think that they sing together very well mm-hmm. on Silk Sonic. Yeah. You know, Anderson Pack and, and yeah. Bruno Mars. And so it's not that I don't want rap mm-hmm. on Silk Sonic. But I don't I don't foresee it. I don't know if I want it from Anderson Pack, I think is what I would say. I think that his voice complements Bruno Mars is yeah. pretty well. It wouldn't make sense. I think I get where you're going with that. Like I like Anderson Pack rapping. Like mm-hmm. I like him yeah, I do. like him rapping. But I think in a collaboration him rapping with Bruno Mars singing as usual wouldn't really make any sense. Yeah. But the singing works so well yeah. that I can totally see how a project that's, like, kind of short comes out, you know, is, like, this big thing, and then that's it. And, like, maybe they do a tour or something. Mm. That works pretty much perfectly. Now, if we have that, I welcome it. 
Because yeah. I'm sure that there's a rhyme or reason as to why they're going to do it. And also, I mean, I, I don't know what Bootsy Collins' part is going yeah. to be in this. Um, yeah, I, I'm really hoping it's kind of like a narrator. You know what I mean? I, me too. Like, like a journey. That's yeah, what I want to hear. That's what I want. I want the first song to be like, I'm going to lead you through that. Like, that is the mission. Mm-hmm. And I think, my guess is that's what it's going to be like. Yeah, well, so there's the intro track. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, he's just kind of in the background, like, well, yeah. all right, you know. Yes, yes. Um, so I think that's a pretty good guess. Yeah. I, I hope so, too. I would be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I need Anderson Pack to be singing with Bruno. Mm-hmm. I need Bootsy. In the background. I really just need so. Bootsy to be Bootsy. I need Bootsy to be Bootsy. Does it perfectly every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this project. Do you think it's going to spawn any more collabs between the two do you think this is a one-off thing i do think it's a one-off I thing i think it is too i think that these two are too goofy to like they would tease at it all the time mm-hmm. because i mean they've been teasing they'll be like maybe six months in and we haven't heard like anything and it'll be yeah. like maybe one day we'll start working on this album you know like they like joke about stuff like that all the time and so i think that they would always kind of dangle that over our heads and be like oh yeah we'll we'll get on to uh silk sonic 2 mm-hmm and then, like, we probably won't hear about it for a while. I, I mean, I imagine that Bruno's probably going to do another solo project yep. before he does another collab after this, yeah, if anything. Right. Yeah. Pretty excited for the album. I'm I'm super yeah. pumped. I We really don't know anything else to say at this point other than to just wait and see. Hmm. Um, but obviously, on its face, pretty damn exciting. To wrap things up, we've been here for about mm, 40 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, you want to touch a little on Kanye West? I didn't really have any specific notes. Um, but what I, you know, usually brought up is, like, obviously Donda came out recently. Yeah. Um, and then Donda, Donda, Donda. old versus new is always an interesting conversation because he's mm. changed so much, for better or for worse, and in a lot of instances. Mm. Musically, it's really interesting. Yeah. Controversy is always a fun thing to talk about. But like, what what interests you? What what do you want to bring up? Because I think it's different for everybody. I miss the old, old Kanye. Kanye. Okay, that that makes sense given what you're interested in. So um, if you're unaware, old Kanye is known for soul samples, chipmunk vocals in the background, r- longer songs, really funny and interesting songwriting. I think funny is intriguing because he's the yeah. only funny rapper that's serious <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Honestly. You'll never see him smile. You never see him smile. Um, but yeah, this would be college dropout, late registration, a little bit of graduation. Mm. That's really where you're going to see this the most. And a couple of features like um, American Boy with Estelle is a great example. That's yeah. definitely something like that too. That's I miss that a lot. Yeah, and like I really miss his sample game because yeah. I don't think anybody's sample game is touching Kanye's. Yeah, and there there are a couple of tracks in later albums that harken back to that. Yeah, there's um, Bound Two is an excellent example mm-hmm. that is textbook what he was trying to do with that track. Right off of Donda, there's like Believe What I Say is I think what it is. It's a yeah. Lauren Hill sample. Mm-hmm. That one definitely harkens back. A little bit harder to argue, but Fade off of Pablo. Yeah. I mean, um, I like I like new Kanye too. Yeah, but it's so different. It is. It is. So, it's, it's very different. It's it's certainly more experimental, at least nowadays. I think at the time, the chipmunk vocal samples in the background was like revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Nobody else was doing that. He destroyed Fifty Cent and like bling yeah. rap is what they called it. Like blew it out of the water. It became basically unpopular immediately once graduation came out. Right. Which made 
some of the songs on graduation age really badly. Yeah. Um, but in general, it's really interesting to talk about. The, the thing is, it's like being a Kanye fan back then mm-hmm. was a lot more controversial. Because like, Which is so ironic. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, Kendrick, you know, I mean, I'm not even going to get into the whole Taylor Swift thing. Yeah. But, but you kind of got it. You kind of have to. Yeah. Because that was huge. But then also the period was like, I am a god. Yeah. And now we have, you know, Jesus is king. We yeah. have Donda. The same guy. And it's like. Who has an entire album that's, like, just sacrilegious to its core. Mm-hmm. And then, like, not. An album later, not a solo album later, yeah. is he, you know, making gospel rap? So it's And like, the thing is, they're both good. They're both good. <laughs> it's super interesting. And so it's it's weird because I like old Kanye more musically, mm-hmm. but I feel like you would have gotten more, like, hate for that back, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now I feel, like, socially a lot cooler, mm-hmm. but I miss... The music. The music style that he did. Do you think, do you wish that he had made more in that previous style, or do you think it's more of a longing that's like... Off of Donda? No, no. So, like, obviously he has, like, two albums that are basically exactly what you're describing with yeah. Kanye. There's some on Graduation, there's a couple of features, mm-hmm. um, and a couple of songs that harken back toward it. But do you kind of wish that he continued that format for, like, full albums, or do you think it's more of just, like, a longing that will never really be satisfied because it's, like, an era gone by? You know, I think nostalgia is a part of it, too. Yeah. I would love if he put out, like, a tiny project, mm-hmm. just a little EP yeah. that maybe was a lot more like. Yeah. I, I remember when Kids See Ghosts came out. Yeah. That was kind of how I felt because what I've always really enjoyed from Kanye has been crazy samples. Mm-hmm. And you see that all the time. Because my two favorite projects that he's done, personally, are uh, Late Registration and The Life of Pablo. Because yeah. I think those are longer projects that just have crazy sample flips. Yeah. And Kids See Ghosts really surprised me because in addition to being his most quality project almost objectively in, Mm. like, years, like, maybe since Fantasy. Right. He was making these samples that were, like, insane. He samples Kurt Cobain. He samples this, like, Christmas song. It's like Louis Prima or something. It's like a Christmas song from the 1920s, and he flips it ridiculously and it works Mm. so it kind of shows his producing style too but yeah no liking kanye it doesn't even have to be the binary of like new and old there's just crazy like per album differences i think dawn is an excellent example of this yeah because i know when i listen to album it's super long it's too long personally it's like Mm. it's like two hours and change or something like that which is so long but there are some tracks on that album that i'm like this is insane Mm. Like, I've never heard anything like this. He adopted Drill. Yeah. Which is such a cool genre. He adopted yeah. Drill with Off the Grid. Off the Grid is Which is one so of the best fun. songs. One of the best songs yeah. on the project, by mm. far. Hurricane is obviously a very trendy Hurricane. song, like, sound. I mean, it's, it's a weekend feature. Right. Always hits. I think that was a single, technically. But, yeah, there's there's so many different sounds on the album. Like, God Breathed mm. is, like an, it's like, an ambient track. I don't even know what to call that. Yeah. And then, like, again, Believe What I Say is a... Lauren Hill sample, so it's very college dropout. He had he had a lot of like stuff. I miss the sense that he used to use. Yes, I agree. This this is some graduation. Yeah, heartbreak. I miss that. little fantasy. I think that's the most popular area of Kanye West. Mm-hmm. I think even if people can't like name it, I think that's what a lot of people miss too. Because that was definitely a superstar era, mm-hmm. right? Like between graduation 
808 is an interesting part, but it's, he's still super famous. Yeah. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, I mean, he's that's on people's list as, like, the best out of that decade, you know? Mm. So it's like, he is he is on top of the world at that point. Yeah. Um, and he's coming off of two projects before those that are, like, critically acclaimed. So he's, he's basically the biggest figure in music at that point. Right. So it's really interesting to see that he dropped that. He, I, he's just a creative. Like, that. that is yeah. all I can really describe. That's as. really the only way you can. Like, um, he, he's never going to... He only did it once where he did an album that was similar to the last. And mm-hmm. it was the first two. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on Kanye? I'm curious to see what he does next. Me um, too. The thing is, too, is that he is not young. He is mid-40s at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, early to mid-40s. And that's that's when you get to a point, especially as a rapper, where your career tends to diminish mm. just by virtue of what people want to listen to but obviously Kanye's different <laughs> yeah because he's some of his most interesting material he's put out in his 40s I honestly think he's gonna be a figure kind of like Dylan kind of like Bowie where like mm. their career is gonna span their entire lives because they are creatives at heart I think at least in terms of tracks I don't know about albums he's put out a lot right I mean he, this is LP 10 we're talking about with Donda the best could be yet to come I mean, that's how creative works, you know? It's just whatever happens. Right. Whatever the studio, magic occurs, you know? Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does next. Um, I think I, I would always recommend somebody listen to his music before making a value judgment. Yes. Just because he's such an odd character in media versus, like, his music, mm-hmm. which is so creative. I remember uh, Pete Davidson said it on SNL when he had that famous rant yeah. after the show, and he was mm-hmm. like... I think he is a musical genius, and I hate what he did here. Yeah. But that really goes to show, like, separating artists from the art is always an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, and I would never tell somebody, like, you, you shouldn't oh, have to yeah. do that. No. But, like, I think it's of worth course. discussing, because I think he is a prime example of, like, yeah, he's kind of a crazy person. Like, kind of a lunatic. He's kind of crazy. He's kind of crazy. I mean, I mean, diagnosed bipolar disorder. That being aside, he's just already kind of an interesting figure, mm. even before that occurred. Yeah. When he lost his mother. So it's, like, understanding that I think is integral to liking his music almost i agree i think another thing too is being relevant because he's not like a frank ocean and he's not like a bruno mars like we've talked about today mm-hmm. we always kind of know that he's around like yeah he's doing something you know we he's always know he's kind of in the background yeah he's um, prolific. i would say that kanye west was far more popular than bruno mars or frank ocean i agree that doesn't ever excuse any of his behaviors no. or anything like that no. at all I think it's a separate conversation, personally. Yes. Yeah. But being in, you know, public eye and stuff like that for a very long time. Yeah, it's true. I, I think that if you don't have an opinion on him, go ahead and listen to some of his, some of his like, stuff. Mm-hmm. His newest stuff, his oldest stuff. Yeah. And just see how he's, like, changed over the years. Yeah. I think I'm going to wrap it up at that. Um, we're almost at time. So I want to thank you again for coming on the show, Ross. Uh, this has Good been awesome. Here. It's been a very easy, free-flowing conversation. I appreciate you coming on. Um, this has been Season 4, Episode 3, I believe, of Seth Spins. Um, our next guest should be coming up very, very soon. I'm excited that you guys have all listened. Please make sure to check out some of the recommendations that we've been discussing. So Anderson Pack's discography, Bruno Mars' discography, No Worries, The Free Nationals, Anything Kanye West has done, it'll all be different. <laughs> um, go check that stuff out and see what you think, because I think it's always worth broadening your horizons a little bit. Um, thank you so much for coming on again, and I hope to see you guys next time. Peace out. See you.